Good afternoon, everybody. Dennis Fithian with you. Podcast number seven, ready to get things underway. And we've got Art Regner from DetroitRedWings.com, Detroit Red Wings of longtime radio host in Detroit, and like me, a Livonia Franklin alum, and he's with us uh, right now. Art, how are you? I'm doing well, Dennis. It's always good to catch up with uh, with another Patriot. Yeah, it's great to have you on. And I know you're you're always have been busy, and it, it continues on. But you're you're getting back, and you're you're getting back like it's almost your radio days uh, every day, getting in there doing something a little different. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Uh, you know, uh, we we've done four of them now. Um, you know, during obviously these uncertain times, and I, you know, I hope everyone is. Uh, you know, staying safe and good health to everyone out there. And uh, uh, I know it's difficult sometimes to social distance and we're all getting a little frustrated, but, you know, there, there, there does seem to be some light at the end of the tunnel. And as long as we, uh, you know, trying to keep our cool and everything, I, you know, I, I'm sure we'll come out of this uh, uh, very, very well. Uh, the Red Wings, um, because of the, you know, the Red Wings and the Tigers wanted to do uh, kind of a live streaming show just to keep everyone abreast and, uh, what's what, what's happening? So we started a show called the Word on Woodward. It's hosted by me and Daniela Bruce and Carly Johnston is a major contributor. And then we have guys like uh, you know certainly Red Wing and Tiger players and uh, you know Dan Dickerson, Kenny Cal, some of the voices. Uh, uh, you know Ken Daniels will eventually join us. And uh, uh, it, it's you know broken down into segments, but you're right, Dennis. It's like doing talk radio again for me, which is you know radio's always been really my first love and my first passion, and uh, it's it's on Tuesdays and Thursdays live streaming on all the Red Wing and Tiger uh, social media networks uh, called the Wood uh, uh, Word on Woodward, and uh, you know we've done four shows so far, as I said, Tuesdays, Thursdays, uh, and um, it, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of rush. Uh, uh, you know, to, to, to be back and, uh, you know, talking sports and, you know, just being back in the old groove. I I, I didn't know how much I missed it. You know, it's kind of like the old Joni Mitchell song that said really date myself or sound cliches, but you don't know what you don't know what you've got till it's gone, you know, and so uh, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, I don't know if I saw the first one or second one or whatever. I, th- I think I was just on Facebook, and there it was. And uh, great graphics. You got the videos of you guys in and out and everything else. And I was like, uh, yeah, yeah, this is good. This is at a good time. So uh, I like it. So uh, I'll well, be watching. thank you. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a good job at, at the right time here. Well, Art, I could talk with you for hours, so I, I better, you know, just go right to it. And, you know, it's – with you know the pandemic and and, and no hockey here, uh, you know I, I see the story that like you know some other sports are making some some plans like maybe they can get back to some facilities by the end of the month and you know maybe the playoffs after that. But that's really a, as a Wings fan, we're we're sitting around and seeing if there's going to be a rest of the season, seeing if there's going to be a playoff, and then of course if there is a, a playoff and they are playing, we'd expect then that that would be a draft lottery, which. You know, we're we're all sitting around uh, with the wings, and and I guess Ottawa is the best chances at having the number one overall pick. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the way it turns out, because uh, uh, when Ottawa traded Eric Carlson to uh, San Jose, they got their uh, their first round pick. Little did we know that you know the bottom might drop out for San Jose, and that uh, that this number one pick is uh, is suddenly in the lottery, number one, and really a high lottery pick. So if you look at it, I think the Red Wings have. 
supposedly the highest chance of getting the number one uh, overall pick, which, which would be Alexia uh, uh, Lafreniere, uh, you know, the, the head and shoulders, I guess, you know, the, the definitive number one pick. Uh, but uh, they have an 18%. But when you combine what Ottawa's percentage is, and also because they're going to get San Jose's pick, they're at like 25 or 26. And, you know, the draft lottery has not been kind to the Red Wings. Uh, you know, they've, they've fallen back um, two spots or one spot uh, in each draft that they've qualified for the lottery, but they cannot pick any worse than fourth overall. So even if they pick at fourth overall, uh, talking to, uh, you know, guys within the organization and, you know, in scouts and people that follow this thing, they're still going to get a very, very good quality hockey player. I think they'll probably end up getting, I, I think they want to go for offense, certainly. And even if they, uh, if, if all the forwards go or the three top forwards go, uh, uh, which would be Lafreniere, Byfield, uh, Stutzel, uh, uh, Jamie Drysdale is a defenseman, kind of in the Quinn Hughes mold, but an offensive defenseman, a definitive number one and two. I think they might go that way. Yeah, and you know when it comes down to uh, Lafreniere, I think a lot of people just have eyes for him. And uh, you know, you go all the way back to uh, the early '80s, and you know the the Red Wings were hoping to get a uh, Lafontaine to fall to him, and that didn't happen, and they had to settle for uh, for Eisenman, and that ended up working out. So uh, it can end up working out, but when you look at Lafreniere and you talk to other people, are, are they just like this guy? You know, is the uh, you know the just the next great one? Right. Well, you know, uh, uh, Joe Valeno, who's also a high-end Red Wing prospect, played for Grand Rapids this year. He had exceptional status in the Quebec League, uh, uh, so he was able to play. He had his four-year commitment already to the Quebec League or the Canadian Hockey League, which is the Quebec League, the Ontario League, and the Western League. So uh, Joe was able to turn pro this year. Uh, you know, real high-end draft pick, number one choice a couple of years ago, 30th overall for the Wings, and uh, he has played with Lafreniere the last couple of years. First of all, they played against each other in the queue, but they also were teammates on Team Canada's World Junior Team the last two seasons. Last year, they won the gold medal. The year before, which when it was in Vancouver, uh, the team disappointed, but they were both considered young players at that time and uh, did not do, uh, didn't have as big a role as they had this year where they won the gold medal, and uh, they were line mates. And, and I've talked to Joe on several occasions about him and he just raves about him he says not only is he a great hockey player but he's a really good person and he likes to have fun and he figures it out and uh you know he really is uh uh you know uh not only as i said a great player but he's just an all-around individual somebody that uh by most accounts and you know we're talking about very young men here dennis as you very well know 18 years old that uh uh that he could come in next season for whatever team he's drafted by and, and make an impact. Yeah, well, I watched some of the video on Lafreniere, and I saw that Valeno was uh, centering the line, and Lafreniere was out there on the wing. So that was encouraging, even if they don't get him, to have the experience for uh, one of the young Red Wings in Valeno. Well, you know, Art, I, I, uh, I've never seen a person or listened to anyone, I guess, specifically – Talk more passionately about the Red Wings uh, than you. And if I if I can take you back to 1995, I can remember the Red Wings. You know that Kozlov scored the goal. 
against the Blackhawks and, you know, the Red Wings were going back to the, to the Stanley Cup finals and they were going to take on the Devils. But I think because of the lockout, the games were pushed back. It was like the middle of June and I'm, I'm driving in my car to go watch game one and you were on the radio and it was like 90 degrees outside and, and you were, uh, you know, you're, you're taking calls and you were singing the, the song, which if you had told me the, you know, the, the weeks or two before that, like, the, uh, you know, Red Wings, my Red Wings song, I'd say, you know, it's kind of a corny song. I, I really didn't like it, but you had the fans singing it and you were singing it, man. And you, you, you pumped me up more than any, that uh, anybody else on the radio, like a, what it can do for you from somebody just, you know, uh, firing you up for a, for a hockey game. I, I just, it's funny how you remember certain things, but man, 1995, you on before, you know, the Red Wings uh, and the Devils in the Stanley Cup finals. That was just awesome, man. Well, thank you, Dennis. I, 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 you know, I appreciate that. You know what's really funny is that obviously the song "Red Wings, My Red Wings," which is sung by Larry Santos, who is, uh, you know, the some Detroiters remember the old Hot Fudge program, or or the best part of waking up is Folgers in your cup. That jingle, yeah. Larry Santos, uh, you know, was the voice for it. He was the voice for "Red Wings, My Red Wings." The song was written by uh, uh, Dan Yessian of Yessian Music, and I remember that song because when Mister Illich bought the team, uh, you know, they had the winger who was the, the big mascot, the red chicken, and he would lead the Red Wings out onto the ice. And then the goaltender, the starting goaltender, would be out. And, uh, you know, it had like a, it has like a 30-second intro because that was what was supposed to happen. The Red Wings would skate to it. They'd come out onto the ice for the pregame skate, and they'd skate around, and then it, you know, there's a team with spirit, can't you feel it? And, you know, <laughs> and back then, you know, the Red Wings, you know, they weren't very good when Mr. Alex first bought the team. And so they had these six bucket, uh, six dollar buckets of beer. I called them. They were almost so large that you almost needed two hands to carry it. I mean, they were big, and you know, and you know, and I was not driving. You know, very responsible. But I would sit up in the upper bowl at uh, Joe Louis Arena, which back then was not full, and the lower bowl was always pretty good. And I would just be singing that song, Red Wings, my Red Wings, and you know, it's come on, wings, let's fly. And then I would always sing, Come on, wings. Don't die, you know. And I used to have all these like peewee hockey teams, and because they would give tickets away back then, on especially on Saturday nights. And I would go all the time with my Livonia buddies and stuff. And I would get these kids, uh, and a lot of these teams, uh, Dennis, believe it or not, were from Livonia. And uh, I would get these kids to sing "Red Wings, My Red Wings." So uh, when DFM became a station, and I wanted to do the ice time program and talk hockey and all that, I started to. Um, I, I brought that song back, and then Dan Yessian, who's a great guy, actually gave me the rights to that song. Wow. He, I have a, like, I own it, you know? He gave it to me, and, uh, uh, you know, copyright infringement or whatever. Dan, I, I didn't even know, you know, Dan sent me this letter and sent me, like, a couple master recordings of it, and then, you know, that thing just took off. I mean, you know, I always say that, and I need this great, it's, it's so hokey, it's great, you know? Uh, there's a team with spirit, can't you feel it? There's a feeling of winning, can't you see it? Somewhere uh, it, above the blue, somewhere above the sky, it's about to spread its wings and let you know it can fly. Red wings, my red wings, you know. I mean, I just love the freaking thing, you know. Feel the rush of the wind. It's a power play again. Hey, there's fire on the ice tonight. They're ready to win. I mean, it's just, you know, it, 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 so it caught on. And what happened is you very well know, uh, my, my producer, Brian Lambert, who we called Slava, Slava. Uh, people would always, there was a bit that they would always do. They would say something like, uh, uh, you know, they would make their call, hey, you know, uh, and they go, Art, I have one more thing to say. 
Every caller did this, Dennis. Every freaking caller said, you know, and I would go, like, I didn't know what was coming. I'd say, you know, uh, what's that? And then they would yell, go wings. And then I would yell, go wings. And then we'd play the chorus, red wings, my red wings. And that's how that song took off. I mean, you know, I, I can't tell you, not only you, the kind words you said, but, you know, Tim McCormick, you know, good Michigan man, Ricky Leach, you know, who I, you know, I, I love, went to school with, you know, that I, I've had so many players and, and people come up to me and talk to me about that song and about how they always love that bit of uh, before they would hang up and say, all right, I have one more thing to say. And then I'd say, what's that? And then they say, go wings. I'd scream, go wings. And then it'd be red wings, my red wings. So, uh, you know, good memories. It doesn't seem like it was that long ago, but my gosh, we're talking about, you know, 25 years now. So, uh, uh, you know, time flies, I guess, when you're having fun. And as you very well know, in this field, uh, it can be brutal, as we both know. But uh, it's very, very rewarding, too. Yeah, it was great transition from uh, that call to the next one and uplifting all the way through. Well, speaking like it was just uh, yesteryear, you know, when – the Red Wings, uh, they didn't win it against the the Devils, but they they did in '97. But the year where you know they're they're playing the Avs and it's March 26th, and right around that time, uh, the whole story for people that are that are are not old enough, and then some of us that are, it would be nice to hear from you. Like you came out, and I don't know, was it was it on March 26th that you just you were banging the table? At DFN and telling the, the imploring the Red Wings to just go out and play some hockey is how did all that? How did all well, that? You start? know, yeah, you know that actually started. Uh, it started in uh, in '97. You know, it, but it wasn't on March 26. What happened was is that the Red Wings were in a playoff series, and I was doing the Sports Doctors with Terry Foster at the time, and uh, we weren't uh, the midday show as as we eventually came, but we we're still doing nights like from six to ten when the sports doctors first started, we did that. We did weekends and uh, they had lost to the St. Louis blues, like four to one the night before. And I think the series was tied up at two, two. Now St. Louis was not a bad team, but they certainly weren't, you know, as good as the Red Wings. And I remember talking to Terry and I was working myself up and, you know, I said, look, Terry, I go, you know, they have the team. They really, really do. But it was really a bad performance by the Red Wings. Very disheartening. I said, you know, they have the team. They have the coach. And then I just, it just came out of me. Again, this is Brian Lambert who, it, it, you know, it became, you know, at that time, a very popular drop. Um, I said, but for Christ's sake, go out and play some <laughs> hockey. And, uh, and you know, he, you know uh, Ken Holland still brings that up, by the way. He still brings that, you know, he always, every time you see him, he goes, I can remember our regular, for Christ's sake, go out and play some hockey. The players still bring it up, and, you know, and it became, you know, I guess, you know, kind of my thing. Uh, but what was really interesting about that was, is in that very same game, uh, after they had lost, Steve Eiserman is a man of few words. You know, he leads by action. But after that game, he stood up and addressed the Red Wing team. It wasn't very long, and he wasn't, like, you know, uh, peeling the paint off the walls or anything, but he addressed the team and was not real happy with their effort. And I can remember talking to previous players, you know, they joke around that now, you know, it's become this big speech, the big Iserman speech, and that, you know, he, he uh, you know, there, there, there wasn't a dry eye in the room, you know, he implored them on to victory, but it, it, it coincided. I, you know, I, I've told Steve this a few times over the years that, you know, 
we, you know, great minds think alike because, you know, he felt he had to say something to them. And then the next time I was on the radio after that game, uh, you know, with, 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 with Terry Foster, with Dr. Foster, uh, that's how, for Christ's sake, go out and play some hockey. That's how that was born based on that St. Louis game in the playoffs. The doctors are in. I like that show as well. Well, you know, I could sit around talking with you for hours. I'm going to get one last question. You mentioned, you know, Iserman, now the GM. And, you know, I'm – this is the second time I've said this. You know, now I'm old enough where I remember where, you know, Steve Iserman wasn't always looked at as uh, the captain and, you know, the, the greatest captain in team sports and everybody looking up to him. I, re- I remember the story that he – I think he told the Mitch album that he was at the casino and some guys are over there rolling dice and they're like, oh, that's Iserman. He never wins anything. Let's get away from him. But uh, we know the story, how he turned it all around and everything. But w- what about it, Art, from uh, the time where, you know, here's a guy that you'd call Stevie and, you know, he's, uh, you know, he's the captain, he's the player, but then he comes back and now in the front office, uh, how different is that? How different is, uh, is Steve Iserman and, uh, when, when you see him, you know, now from when you saw him, you know, back in the day? Well, I'll, I'll tell you something. Obviously, uh, he's one of the best general managers in the National Hockey League. And, you know, he's confident in his own ability where, you know, I, I asked him, you know, right when he took the job on April 19th, 2019, was he worried about kind of what I call Bobby Clarking himself? You know, Bobby Clark went around and became, you know, general manager of, of – uh, uh, Florida and Minnesota, and then eventually worked his way back to the Flyers organization. And the Flyers really didn't do much under him as far as winning championships. So I said, are you afraid that you're going to ruin your legacy? And this is all you need to know about Steve Eisenman. He said, no, what I did as a player is what I did as a player. You know, I'm now I'm the general manager. So he doesn't think in those terms. That's why he's so good at everything he does, because he's focused and laser focused. To me, He's always going to be this, and I mean this with the utmost respect. To me, he's just Steve. You know, I know people call him Mr. Eiserman up at Little Caesars, or you know, people are very nervous around him, or you know, they get the you know the, the deer in the headlights look because he is Steve Eiserman. To me, he's Steve. You know, so I have a really good relationship with him. I have enormous amounts of respect for him. So, uh, you know, he's. He has a real biting sense of humor, Dennis. And, you know, and I can remember, uh, and going back to those days that you brought up, you know, he was going to be, you know, he wasn't much of a leader back then before the Red Wings won. The Red Wings were like the Atlanta Braves of, uh, of hockey, the greatest team that's never going to win anything. I think, you know, like those great Braves teams, what did they win? One World Series, you yes, know? and just you one. Know, right, and the, and the Red Wings were going to be, were, 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 were lumped into them too, you know? Oh, yeah, and, you know, and I can remember Eiserman, I think it was after 96 when Colorado beat him in the Western Conference Final. I remember him sitting at his stool looking down, and he said, you know, this has got to change. This is just has to change. I'm sick of losing. And uh, uh, and I, uh, I remember that. And then, lo and behold, you know, with Scotty Bowman and the other great players, you know, Steve will always maintain, even though, you know, the franchise really turned around when they did draft him. He was the cornerstone. Granted, it took him a few years to build around him, to build around Steve. But, you know, he said, I was just one of a good collection of players. Well, he sells himself short as usual. I mean, he was a great player, a great leader. And uh, and I think that, uh, you know, he has brought that same bravado and determination, quiet bravado, I shall say, uh, that 
uh, to his job as Red Wing general manager. I mean, he, you know, he's already made like seven or eight deals and trades and moving around and bringing in Fabre. I mean, so he's very proactive. He's got a, pe- a plan in place and look no further than, uh, than Mo Sider. I do not think Mo Sider was a reach at number six last year. Uh, he was moving up the board all season long on the draft board. Uh, uh, you know, and I think by the time the draft came last year, he was like rated 14. Uh, I, I think that if the draft would have been a month later, he would have been a top, you know, would have been in the top 10 as far as ratings go. So, uh, uh, you know, look at Mo Sider, whomever he's going to pick this year, guys in the later round, you know, he got Kucherov, I think in the second round, you know, when he was in Tampa and that guy's the, the premier goal scorer now in the NHL. So uh, along with Ovi, uh, Ovechkin's going nowhere, but you know, Steve's no. going to do a good job. He's going to do a great job. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I tell people this: if they're not competitive, and you know, it's going to be a while, like three, four, five years from now, um, he's going to die trying, and he's going to take us all with him. You know, I mean, that's uh, that's how intense he is. Yeah, you know, Art. Uh, as one last one for you. I know I said I had one last one. I know you used to do that. To, right. I know you used to do that to Ken Holland all the time. But when you you mentioned Eisenman, <laughs> a, a man, a few words. Uh, one of the first times I went down there, just with a recorder, probably ninety five, ninety six, and. Uh, Scotty Bowman used to have the, the smallest office possible. And really, I mean, how many people would fit in there? 15, 20, when really the capacity was like 10. And it was something right. about, you know, Fedorov uh, was just coming back. And uh, there was a reporter named Viv Bernstein. She was asking about Fedorov. And, you know, and Scotty just was really uh, short with everybody. I think the Red Wings lost. But then, you know, so you're going down the uh, the hallway into the dressing room and Suddenly, Bowman comes down the hallway talking about he didn't slip on any banana peel, Viv, and why don't you write what I wrote, you know told you? And she's you know he's yelling at Viv, and then everybody you know kind of stopped, and Steve Eiserman just said, "Hey, suck on that," or something like that. Like, hey, how about how about that, or something like. It was just like, wow, man, and uh, and that was it. It was like one of those great moments. Steve didn't say a whole lot. Just a little bit, but it was uh, it was after a tirade, man. I was just like, wow, man, this is this is a lot different than what you see when you're just uh, you know reading the newspaper. Right, right. Well, right. You know, I mean, that's the one thing. You know, with with, with what we have been privileged to do during our professional careers, as you go behind the scenes. When I started traveling for the Red Wings, when uh, I got the job with the radio network, uh, I can remember. Scotty coming up to me and telling me, Art, he goes, you know, you've earned this and it's great to have you aboard. He goes, but you're now really kind of part of the team. He goes, and I want you to remember rule number one, what goes on in the room stays in the room. And I said, you'll have no problem by, you know, by me, but you're right. You do see things behind the scenes that, you know, when, I think really what you find out that is more than anything is that they're just human beings. They're supremely talented and professional athletes and they have a, a, a guy given a gift or skill uh, to play professional sports, but at the end of the day, they truly are just a bunch of guys, just men. They're human beings like us. Yeah, and and they're just playing a game. It's just that millions of people right. are interested in, and you know they're in, in in every single move and everything that they would say. Well, Art, uh, I could talk with you for hours, like I said at the beginning, and one time I'll have to call you back and ask you about your Lions post game shows and, and oh, all of that and, uh, and, and just let you go, but appreciate your time. And, you know, we'll, we'll be able to see you and hear you so much more. And it's good. Congratulations on that, uh, that new, the new show on Woodward. What, what is it again? Uh, it's called the word on Woodward that I call. Wow. Wow. There it is. Wow. You know what? I'll never forget it now. Wow. Word on Woodward. All right, Art. Uh, thanks for your time. And uh, I hope to see you. You know, soon, just like everybody else, we're hoping to see you as well 
down at the Little Caesars Arena one day. Hey, I, I agree, Dennis. Right back out there. Best of luck to you. You're one of the best, and uh, I, I appreciate everything that, uh, that, that you've done, your friendship over the years, and thank you very, very much. All right, take care, Art. Thanks, Dennis. There he is, Art Regner, a guy who is uh, bringing the, the passion and the emotion like uh, he always does here on podcast number seven. And it's no doubt, you know, I, I wrote just one question down and it was, uh, hey, Art, what are you doing now? And I figured I would just go wherever Art was going to go. And that's where it went. And I hope to talk with him again coming up here, you know, as uh, as spring turns into summer and maybe we, you know, get some more notice on – well, we will get more notice when we get just some more news on when it's all going to happen. As I now stare out the window here in my uh, broadcast studio, which is actually a, a spare room uh, in uh, my house in Dexter. But it's, it's, a nice, it's a nice day, even though it's been raining. It's nice. Good fresh air out there. I'm closing the window, and that will close the door on... This podcast, number seven, we'll keep doing them. We'll keep bringing them. Thanks to Art. Look forward to WOW. Thanks for listening. I'm Dennis Fithian, and this has been podcast number seven. Have a great day.